This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, January 31st, 2023, my 16th anniversary of IGN emailing me and saying, hey, can we interview for you for a job? I'm one of your hosts and WWE superstar Greg Miller alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the future class of gaming, a.k.a. the OK Beast Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. What's up, Greg? You're looking good in this spawn on me shirt. Thank you. I appreciate it. Shout out Spawn on me. They did the Spawnies last, last night. night. Another from, great award show. From the spare bedroom. Exactly. Too. It looked fantastic. Yeah. I was actually kind of jealous because all their assets looked incredible. Yeah. And like, I was like, how do we get on that level? Right? Fire Roger. Fire uh, That's Fire what I'm saying. People. Get you rid of them. Get who I don't know who. Did. I assume Campfire Designs because it looks like some Campfire, Campfire uh, Designs type you shit. Think that's who it was? You think that's Poss- I mean, possible. Possibly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bring them on. Sure. But yeah. Congratulations, Horizon, for winning the their game of the year, yeah. their Cheddar Bay Biscuits Award. I love it. I love I love all the names that they have for their awards. Did yeah. you get Did you get the, a chance to check it out? Yeah, just parsing here, here and there. I was I was here obviously when they started recording. Uh, I caught pieces of it last night. Always so happy to see. Uh, first off, Khalif and Spawn on me do well. Second off, Paris Lily get insulted by Xavier Woods. One thousand percent. That was amazing. And then of course, and then have Paris just not know it uh, present the next award. <laughs> Can you imagine setting somebody up for a feat like that? Just get roasted by Woods, and then you just pop up. Hey, everybody, it's me, Paris. Oh, yeah, incredible. But the part, so I, I missed that part. I need to go back and watch it. But I saw everybody reacting to it on Twitter. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, shit, the spawn is going on. I need to tune in. Yeah. The part I tuned in for uh, was toward the very end where Horizon won multiple awards. But in between, they had um, a rap artist come through and do a rap about every single game that, uh, or all the big games that came out during the year and yeah. like do different punchlines and connect them together. And they've done that for multiple years. I've caught, I've caught the spawnies before where they've done that, but every single time it continues to impress me. Yeah, like I don't know where Khalif is finding these these rappers that are just super excellent lyricists that put in all the work to actually make uh, make these verses like as relevant as possible. But it's fantastic every single time. When it hits, it hits. I oh, still yeah. I still to this day uh, sing Game of the Year, which was a Malik plays rap that, that he did for IGN when Uncharted Two won Game of the Year, and. It, mm. and it, I'm getting down with my naughty dogs. I'm like Demon Souls. I'm just too fucking hard. I was oh, like, that's damn, great. That's, that's fire. Good. That's, that's great, fire right yeah. there. You were probably two years old when that came out, but I was at least seven and a half. Oh, my apologies. How my fucking apologies. dare you? <laughs> okay, wow. You're pretty fucking mad about being young there, boys. Jesus Christ. As we see here, as Woods just going in. <laughs> Just destroying him. Goddamn. Oh man, and that's what you, that's why you gotta like Xavier Woods, you know. Except when he turns around on me and he attacks me, as you saw last night in my clip that I put up, where he attacks me in front of Cody Rhodes, but Cody Rhodes defends me. No, Cody Rhodes was, was was yeah. He, he didn't. Give, I was gonna say he give you a shout out. He didn't give you a shout out, but he was like, "Great, so I, I thought cool. he was okay. I thought yeah, he was he okay. He was all right. And okay from right. the man who won the Royal Rumble. He's yeah. probably gonna win the world title at WrestleMania. Come on now. If, if Cody Rhodes said I was just okay, like that would I would be on cloud nine for like. Well, Cody Rhodes would probably say you're better than okay. You think so? Yeah. Because Woods would put you over. He would say how great Blessing is, and then he'd be like, well, and of course, if they, anybody interacts with you, Bless, they love you. That's fair. Oh, thank you. You're the gift that keeps on giving, right? I don't now. believe that, but I appreciate it. It's true. Also, how, how high is your chair? 
<laughs> I feel like you're very enough. high today. Not high enough, he said. <laughs> well, as he gets higher, ladies and gentlemen, let me prepare you for some stories. The big three are skipping E3. PlayStation VR 2 is halving its forecast, maybe, and more. We'll talk about it all because this I'm is Swing Quality Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Now you're way too low. Be part of the show for free at kindoffunny.com slash KFGD. This is going to be like when your parents are like, don't play with it, you'll break it. You're going to break it. <laughs> and have to be the lowest chair possible all day long. Uh, like I said, you can get in and be part of the show at kindoffunny.com slash KFGD for free. Of course, you can watch us record the show live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. You can watch it on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames live as well. Of course, you can watch it later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and listen to our podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. However, all of those avenues of support pale in comparison to the one, the only, patreon.com slash kindoffunny. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunny, of course, you can get each and every episode of Kinda Funny Games Daily ad-free as a video and an MP3. You can get dozens and dozens of exclusive only on Patreon episodes of different content we do, like Kind of Feudy, like the Daily Gregway you could be having. Mike and Nick... Did a Greg way on Friday. I'm sorry I left you in their hands. It was outrageous. They drove to Starbucks and talked to everybody. Oh, that's fun. And, of course, you can get all sorts of cool merch like Barrett, the new platinum item that we didn't prep you on, but I did see a tweet go out that I did retweet from kindoffunny.com or from well, twitter.com slash kindoffunny vids, and it's it's a it's a new item. There it is. It's the chat. Be cool shirt. It's February's premium collector's item on Patreon. Uh, if you go and subscribe at the premium collector's item tier, not only do you get everything ad free, not only do you get to watch us record most of the podcast live, you get this really cool shirt. And of course, a backlog of all the other content. So maybe you like this shirt. You haven't supported in a long time. Pop in and you would get months and months and months of daily Gregways and kind of feuds and all sorts of stuff to go do. But I digress. If you have no bucks to toss away, like I said, no big deal. A bunch of ways to support, including, of course, giving us your Twitch Prime subscription, your YouTube Super Chat, whatever you want to do over there. And for free, using the Epic Game Store code, kind of funny, whether you're using the actual Epic Launcher or you're playing Fortnite Rock League Rumbleverse. For how much longer? We're not sure. Maybe a day. Maybe a day. <laughs> you could go there and you could plug in Kind of Funny and get some stuff to help us there. If you're watching live, of course, keep us honest on this show. Kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Housekeeping for you. Ladies and gentlemen, the Lord, the Savior, James, James Gunn, Gunn, has come down <laughs> from his mountaintop to tell us about the future of the DC universe. Uh, of course, they've announced a whole bunch of plans today. They've put up a, they put up a big video. Tim and I are going to break the video down uh, after this and get it up as soon as we can for you on YouTube.com slash kindoffunny. And I assume the Screencast podcast feed after that if you want to listen in. Uh, if you want some more podcasts, a new kind of funny podcast is up right now, and it's all about why I hate what a burger. I'm not pulling fucking punches. I've had enough of this shit. YouTube.com slash kind of funny podcast services around the globe. Uh, Xcast this week is going to be your hi-fi rush review featuring the one, the only Forbes 30 under 30 and PS. I love you. XOXO co-host blessing at Oye junior. That's me. Excited. That's fun. Oh, yeah. You don't get to Xcast often. No, I, I feel like I've only been maybe less than four times in my in my career here um but i finished high on, uh, i was gonna say i keep wanting to call it high on life uh tim calls it hi-fi funk uh but i finished hi-fi funk's a great name hi-fi funk does sound funky yeah. right maybe that's a sequel yeah oh man give it to me uh but i fit oh man with funk music yeah yeah we got the funk do it uh i finished hi-fi rush and spoilers for the review i like it okay i like that don't game. tell that me how much game. you like it though okay i don't need to know that 
I like it a lot. <laughs> no, 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 just spoilers. Watch it on the X cast. Of course, you can watch it live as we record it tomorrow on uh, patreon.com slash kind of funny. And then, of course, get it everywhere the X cast is posted on Thursday. Uh, this Saturday, there's a new episode of the Next Gen podcast going out. Roger Barrett and Blessing show off some fun and embarrassing home videos. That is also a patreon.com slash kind of funny exclusive show. So if you love us, go support it and get a whole bunch of stuff. Maybe you haven't supported it in a long time. Guess what? There's a whole bunch of content for you. Uh, content. Our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining, watched all of. Uh, today, we're brought to you by Grammarly, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Seven items on the Roper Report. Number one. Xbox, Nintendo, and PlayStation won't be a part of E3 2023. Goddamn. This is Cat Bailey at IGN.com with an exclusive. IGN has heard from multiple knowledgeable sources that Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo won't be part of E3 2023 or have a presence on the Los Angeles Convention Center show floor. This information comes on the heels of Xbox's announcement last week that it would be returning to Los Angeles for its annual summer showcase while declining to confirm whether it would be a part of the show itself. Speaking with IGN last week, Xbox CEO Phil Spencer said the platform holder is timing its showcase with E3 at the moment, quote, convenient for press and even consumers at the event, meaning it's likely to roughly align with the event itself. Spencer also stressed Xbox's public support for E3 and the Entertainment Software Association, the ESA. However, IGN understands that Xbox won't have a booth on the show floor. Xbox's current plans for the showcase remain unconfirmed, but in previous years it has held a showcase, preview events, and press mixers. Internally, Xbox has recently suffered layoffs and other cuts, forcing it to tighten its belt following a year that saw virtually no major releases. Xbox's decision to not have a formal presence on E3's show floor comes as a surprise given its support for the event in the past. Out of the so-called Big Three, it appeared to be the most likely to be at E3, not, not the least because it has several major releases to promote in 2023, including Starfield. Nintendo has also traditionally maintained a booth on E3's show floor, even after pioneering the direct format. However, IGN has heard from sources around the industry that neither Nintendo nor Sony will be at E3 2023, with PlayStation originally dropping out in 2019 over reported disagreements with the ESA. It's currently unclear whether Nintendo and Sony intend to time a showcase around the event. Greg, I got questions for you as somebody who's actually been to E3. Sure. Because even though I've been working here, I've entered my fourth year working at Kind of Funny, and I've just, never actually been to an E3. I want you to know that I used to think it was bad for me. Because if you, I know you don't remember, remember, but my first year at IGN was the year that E3 was dead, and it was the Santa Monica E3. So it was like we all ran around to different things, and so for like growing up reading magazines and looking at the dot coms, and to, you'd be like so excited for E3 to get there, I'd be like, I mean, like the shutters ballroom or whatever like there's a yeah. station this sucks it isn't what at all it was supposed to be you've gotten it way worse yeah so my question for you is what does this mean i guess in the broader sense for the folks who are at home and like to watch e3 and tune into e3 but don't actually attend e3 to cover sure. it because i like to think that over the years there's been two e3s right for me growing up in like paying attention to video game media it has been watching the press conferences watching what playstation has to bring watching what nintendo has to bring and being there for the announcements and then tuning into IGN, GameSpot, all these websites to figure out G4. what the G4, so uh, to see what their impressions are yeah. and like what, what the takeaways are. But then there's the E3 that press actually attend, right? And I think that's where a lot of this story comes down in terms of the part that the part of it that actually matters, right? Getting to go to the, go to the show floor, 
play whatever PlayStation would have brought, right, in years yeah. past. Play what Xbox has has brought. Play what Nintendo has, has brought. What does this mean for you and I guess now us, right, for people who would attend E3? It's a very loaded question, but I appreciate you saying let's go from us and the people's perspective. In that sense of the word, I don't think it matters at all. Because, mm-hmm. again, Xbox is timing their thing. You assume if PlayStation is going to do something, it would be before or after. You know what I mean? Like, they've, they're going to be last They did the state of play, like, weeks before right. that time. And I say this because even at the old E3, when it, let's say it was a normal E3, it would have been the Sunday Xbox showcase. You know, they moved there eventually. PlayStation on Monday, and then uh, Nintendo would do their conference on Tuesday, and then when Nintendo end, basically, E3's short show floor would open, and you'd go there. For the overwhelming majority of appointments, and this is like saying, like, let's open up the floor and shit like that, right, for the public to come in. The stuff you saw at the PlayStation Showcase is usually a teaser trailer or whatever, right? If there is a playable demo, it's usually behind closed doors, if we're talking about, like, when I remember going to see infamous 2 or the last of us or whatever like they have meeting rooms pulled off that are private ones you book that's not open to the public you have to you know you know pr to go do that kind of thing so the experience you were always i i guess the easiest way to say it is like for all the xbox and playstation demos i probably ever took nintendo i don't actually include in this i would go do those privately somewhere else Mm. there was was the nintendo or the playstation booth and the xbox booth but it was rare that i'd go there and play anything there so if if Xbox is going to still do something timed with E3, then it's going to be a it's going to still have its you know Sunday night showcase or whatever, and then it's going to be come to this Xbox. We've you know taken over this hotel. We're at the JW. We have this ballroom. We have these appointment times. Book and come see it there. Nintendo's the one weird one because Nintendo would do the direct, and then I would have appointments over there to go play stuff. But even that was the best stuff behind closed doors, right? You've ever heard my you ever heard me tell the story of seeing Miyamoto napping. That was at the private demo thing because they had the demo stations up there. You had to book through Nintendo PR. You'd come off the show floor. You'd check in. You'd wait there an obnoxiously long amount of time because, of course, everybody's behind schedule and everything. Then they would take you behind the ropes, past security, up to the top of this, this private meeting area booth that would have the stations and then have the meeting rooms for interviews. And you'd play there. So there was stuff on the show floor like Smash or whatever it is for whatever year you're talking about and activations and photo ops. But again, I wasn't going there to play Zelda. I wasn't going there to play Smash. I was playing that behind closed doors. It was helpful on the floor for like trying to get somebody in for game of the year or uh, game of the show, get somebody there. But even that was hit or miss, and you're fighting the public usually. So there's the pomp and circumstance that you lose at E3 for the audience. But again, I don't think let's say if they were going to announce Uncharted Five, uh, this PlayStation, if PlayStation was going to E3 this year, they're announcing Uncharted Five and they're doing the ESA thing. That wasn't going to be playable on the show floor for the public. Mm-hmm. And so you're in this really interesting spot of, I think for us, coverage-wise, it doesn't change anything. This is all going to still happen around the same time. If we're being honest, I think SGF is clearly has clearly taken the lead. Summer Game Fest is the show. Summer Game Fest is the one where it's going to be all eyes on, and they're going to have announcements from... I would say all three of these people yeah. probably, like right? If you're going by history, last summer, we uh, during the Summer Game Fest kickoff, we had... Neil Druckmann come out yeah. and literally talk about Last is Part One and like show off the screenshot or the concept art from Callisto Protocol had a new crazy trailer. I remember yeah, that people like a couple years ago there was Elden Ring, right? Like they've been getting more and more of the big announcements. But again, I think even SGF that we went to last year, right in LA, and we enjoyed quite a bit, followed the traditional E3 structure in a much smaller place where it was like, hey, here's the Summer Game Fest press conference. It ends with Neil Druckmann, The Last of Us Part 1, and you walk through the doors to play all the games there, and there was no Last of Us there, yeah. right? It, like, the biggest, 
thing was what Street Fighter, Sonic, Street Fighter and Sonic were the two big things. That was like the and there was a bunch of other amazing games there. We're not taking shots at them. But that's kind of how E3's always been, where it's been even close to a protocol. They had Glenn there, but he was just in meeting rooms talking. Mm-hmm. So it was that kind of thing of like, you get the big tantalizing reveals and stuff, but it's rare that those get showcased at the actual event. So I think for us, it doesn't change much. If you are a person going to see E3, because let's assume, and I still, I assume they're going to push through, make E3 and have an E3 and have it be open to the public. They're, you know, gamesindustry.biz has been very... Uh, what is that? Read pop? Yeah. Uh, that sounds right. Is that read pop? Kind of funny. I know Chris Colleen is wrong. the one that is it Chris? no, actually no. Chris Colleen is VGC. Yeah. The other Chris that works for games Biz. Dring, I believe. Yeah, Chris yeah. for yeah, Dring yeah, 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 is yeah, yeah, doing yeah. a lot of stuff around there. And that's but it, that's read pop. They own it right now and they're running this one now. I'm pretty sure. I can check. Correct me from my YouTube doc or you know uh, Patreon doc. No, 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 no. Kind of funny. Kind of funny com, com, you're wrong. wrong. Uh or just say you're right, Greg, and I'll know I'm right. Uh anyways. I still think they're gonna push through and do this, but you're going to get there, and it's. I think it would be the same deflation if you were a fan and you went there already. If you walk through and there was the PlayStation booth, yes, there'd be probably PlayStation VR setups. You went to the Xbox, yeah, they have stuff, but I don't think you're, you, were, you were not going to play Starfield publicly as a fan. I don't think they were going to have that. They might have had stage demos or something like that at the Xbox booth, but whatever. That's where I think we're at from, a, uh, from press consumer side, right? But... If we want to talk about it as the business move, it's a huge blow to the, the wind out of your sails kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like Xbox, who said they're going to support ESA, and say in this they support the ESA, are supporting the ESA, which makes it go, oh, okay, is there a chilling effect then from the audience who was going to go there, did want to go to the Xbox booth, and now that they know it's not there, even if they weren't going to play what they were going to see at some Xbox showcase, some Bethesda showcase, still wanted to play the smaller Xbox games that would have been there, things that are coming to Game Pass, things are going to support. You know, it's... I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it all the time. I've said this about PAXs too, where I get stopped and I talk to some kids. I'm like, how long have you been waiting in line? Like two and a half hours. And I'm like, you've been in line two and a half hours to watch a 10-minute demo that is going to be on IGN if it's not already? Like, I, I, I don't get that commerce of it. In the same way, when I used to go to Chicago Comic-Con as a kid, like I never waited in line for panels and stuff. I walked the floor and I had fun doing that kind of thing. So there's, mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, it's gonna, mileage is going to vary depending on what you want out of these things. But I do think it's a blow to their uh, public persona, and I do think it will affect people wanting to go there. And as you saw already, this got announced yesterday, and what did we see? Everybody wanting to wave the flags that E3's dead, you know what I mean, blah, 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 and, and, and you know, Keely killed it and all these different things. And it's like, there's truth to it, but I don't think this is enough to stop them. I made the joke retweet of, or quote tweet of like, this is Embracer's, Embracer Group's time to shine, and like that's what the conventions there will be. It will be... The third hey, parties. Here's em- Embracer Group. Here's Nam- Namco. Here's Konami. And like you say that, oh, the third parties. And that's what it always was. Mm-hmm. That's what it always was. Yes, there were there was the bit for years. Xbox and PlayStation right next to each other. That amazing image we've seen so many times of that uh, girl in the Xbox jacket and the guy in the PlayStation jacket there, like Starcross lovers. The Nintendo thing was there. But what kept E3 as a show floor driving and thriving was the third parties. They are the ones giving out the booth. They're, that's the persona booth with Teddy dancing that you stop in and do all these different things for and you get your swag bag and you run around. Like That said, what do we know it's going to look uh, Nano confirms Reed Pop is running E3. What is the driving force this year? Do they do it? Are those third parties going to be there? Like I don't, you know, I don't for a second pretend to know how Jeff runs the business side of SGF, but Jeff has 
all the fucking keys to the kingdom. Oh, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was like, hey, if you're going to be on our show or you're going to do something with us, you can't go to E3. And that might sound devious, but everybody wants exclusive content. That's what he's asking for, and I get that. Like, I remember when we would do the game showcase. That was our thing for uh, when it timed out with E3 of like, yo, you're fine, but we don't want you to be in another showcase because we want to bore our audience. And so I think there's something there to it. So it's, as always, an incredibly fascinating time. I don't, I don't think... Even though I could see it, I don't think this is like the killing blow for E3 2023. I still think they go through with it. I still think they try to make it happen. And then the success of that d- depends on what happens with E3. Yeah, like I, I, the, the way I see it is this E3 is going to happen, right? And I think it is going to be, hey, whatever we get, you know, we'll showcase, right? Whatever publishers are willing to partner with us and whatever we have on the show floor, that's going to be what the show floor is. But I think there is an effect that this might have for future years. I think it is the slow decline of E3. If you'd shown me this headline let's say five years ago, my head would have exploded, right? Oh, shit, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo is not going to be there. I look at this headline today, and I am like, well, for me, for an audience member, what does this change? Because sure. Oh, yeah, nothing. Yeah, because PlayStation was probably never going to be there to begin with, 100%. right? Because they've been out of, out of it for years. Uh, Nintendo usually does a Nintendo Direct around that time anyway, right? And, like, maybe it's 50-50 of if they do a Direct or not. Who knows? And then Xbox, in terms of a showcase, they're going to have their summer showcase, right? And you're going to see... Maybe Ubisoft forwards happen. You might see the return of EA Play. You might see different showcases happen. Even if it's not during that week in June or a week in June, they'll happen throughout the year. I think it's just been the thing of the evolution of the ways in which you announce games and showcase games changing, especially with the pandemic, I think speeding all that stuff up where okay. Ubisoft had to figure out what, the, what a Ubisoft forward was, right? EA had to figure out how to evolve EA Play. So, um, you have so many different indie showcases now. There are so many places you can put your game to announce and also like a lot of that i think works better when you're not being just hammered by all these other big announcements happening at the same time you know like if if i am a smaller third-party developer and i am announcing my game having starfield at starfield and last list and all these other big games happening at the same exact time that i'm revealing my game might not be as healthy for me right and so like to search for a different showcase or search for a different part of the year to showcase that stuff off I think works better for a lot of developers and I think points to the idea that maybe one week where everything's happening this way for E3 isn't the way to go. Um, but I don't think that changes much for the audience. I think the the biggest uh, thing that this affects is is the company of the ESA, right? Like, I, I, I think Jeff sees this as an opportunity. As soon as this new story popped off, there was a tweet from Summer Game Fest being yeah, like, would be. hey, tune in. Yeah, there would be. <laughs> tune in this week in June for Summer Game Fest, right? Like, I think this speaks more, more so to the uh, competitive nature of Jeff Keighley versus the ESA more than anything. And the further we get with it, the more I am like, yeah, Jeff Keighley has the upper hand. Like, yeah. Summer Game Fest oh, is becoming a brand that I am looking forward to more than E3 itself. Rye Gillen wrote in, of course, to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD, just like you can. It says, hey, folks, with the news about the big three not attending E3 this year, it feels like the true end of an era, which I would say ended a while ago, but I feel you. I understand you. Just to see more confirmation of it, I get. Uh, do you think, I'm sorry, do you look at this as a huge win for Jeff Keighley and Summer Game Fest, or is this a pattern where we are seeing the big three taking more control of their timing and messaging as it relates to exclusive content and properties? Thanks for all you do, Mr. Rye, Mr. Guy Rye. I see it as both. Yes, this is an enormous win for Jeff Keighley. Jeff Keighley has done something that I can't overstate of how impressive it is and how much I look up to Jeff as, and he's my peer. He's not my, you know, he's not older. Well, I guess he might be older than me, but you know what I mean? Like Mm. in terms of existing in the same kind of space, the way Jeff has gone from doing, you know, the documentaries, the final hours, you know, to being a personality on like game trailers and stuff like that to then Spike TV, let's do the awards. 
yo, these awards fucking suck. And then he's like, okay, cool. I'm doing them on my own and build this thing from the ground up and then spin that into, all right, cool. We're doing, I'm working with Gamescom now. All right, cool. Now we're doing summer game, game fest. I'm leaving E3. I've, I, you know, it was so crazy when he left, right? Remember he put out, he's like, I don't believe in the vision they have for it. He knew, he knew it before we did because yeah. he's in those meetings. And so the fact that he spun it up and made this successful thing that works with these companies, that's the big part of it that I think is so interesting, right? Jeff is able to work with PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo throughout Game Awards, Gamescom, and SGF and get announcements from them that also benefit those companies doing their own thing, right? That's the whole rising tide lifts all boats. Jeff can get all the eyes in one place for PlayStation to talk about The Last of Us, and then they can go do their own thing and talk about it. He can announce the Xbox Series X, right? And then also, you know, help tee up Xbox doing their own event and doing these things. And so it's both rye for me that it is a huge win for Jeff, and then it is a pattern of the big three saying like, well, the jig's up. We can do this. And to your point, it's still this hard thing for the smaller developers, the third parties in the smaller third parties, not a UB forward, right? Mm -hmm. To be like, how do we rise with the tide and make this make sense in a way that doesn't atrophy the audience, right? You know, for SGF and the summer game mess from Jeff Grubb last year, right? Like we were tired and we weren't reacting as excitedly as we were before. So how do you do a wholesome direct somewhere in that for all the wholesome games right and not have it just be white noise that's the big thing and i think people need to start getting around different things and going you know when they can and not have to feel like they have to be a part of this i think gdc is a great place for indies to really rise up and more third parties to do some stuff but i also think that it's overlooked all the time targeted uh marketing right where why not have it be okay and this is work but okay i always think of shovel knight when Shovel Knight was nothing and nobody knew what Shovel Knight was, right? Yacht Club and their PR went to specific streamers, specific uh, industry journalists, and were like, hey, this is your kind of game. You should play this game. And that got those seeds planted and then go off. It wasn't a big blast. It was, I mean, I'm sure they were talking in a big way, but it wasn't like, we're going to cast this giant net and get everybody. It was, we're going to target these specific people so that then they evangelize it and go with it. Yeah. And I think that goes really far when you see people come to us with games. Oh, this is a great game. This is a blessing game. Oh, I know Barrett loved these this uh, Persona. He might like this JRPG kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I say I I see it as a big win for Jeff. I think Jeff sees it as a big win for of Jeff course. too, right? Because I think the less the less you see the big three partner directly with VSA, right, and have their showcases be E three showcases, right, or having their games appear on the E three show show floor specifically. I think the more you get to share share that around and go, hey. Yeah, PlayStation, um, review your, reveal your game here. Or, hey, maybe have one of your games up here at the Summer Game Fest fiscal event, right? And I think for Jeff Keighley, his vision is a bit clearer and a bit more modern than the ESAs. And I think he has a lot more opportunities to work with a lot of these companies year-round as opposed to just one part of the year, right? I think that's becoming more and more of, of an undesirable thing of, hey, let's all wait for June to then yeah. announce oh my God. That's games. done. That's done, yeah. right? We talk, I mean, we joke about review season, but like legitimately there used to be months of downtime in our industry i talk about all the time in 2007 coming and starting at ign and like i was there for the launch of god of war 2 and then it was like we got to the summer and it was just fucking dead and i was yeah. waiting for madden and ncaa to come around so i had something to talk about i was playing wii games i was playing guitar hero nonstop. you know what i mean like that used to be how this was but it is always feast never famine right now and like especially this year as we talk about triple a or at least triple a marketing or anticipation after triple a release where it's like right now it's like right now i was i did a greg way about this yesterday i'm like okay cool done with dead space 
done with Forspoken. On the horizon, I got uh, Yakuza. I got uh, whatever we're going to do with Hogwarts. I got, you know, uh, what's the other big February game I'm forgetting? Horizon Call of Mountain? Yeah, you go. Oh, yeah. yes. PSVR 2. Yeah. <laughs> right? I was like, I know there's, there's something else huge there's something for me. Huge. Yeah, it's okay. All those PSVR 2. We're going to get to that in a second. Uh, but we're in that holding period right now where we don't have those codes, right? Oh, and Octopath. Octopath 2, I'm very excited oh, yeah. for. So it's like, this, I'm not in that. So it's like, what do I want to do to play tonight? Knowing that full well tomorrow, probably Friday, I'll have codes for something, and that something new that I need to switch to review. Right? I love it, that we're, we had the same exact struggle because last night I was looking at my PlayStation, being like, "Do I want to start any of these yeah, games yeah, when yeah. I'm waiting I did on last of so us. many codes?" I was oh like, yeah, I saw that. I was like, I was like, maybe I go finish these four chapters of Collectibles and Callisto, but I was like, I don't want to. I I love trophy hunting. I hate having the computer next to me where I'm like, what I gotta do? All right, mm. well, I can do the thing. So I was like, I'll start Last of Us and just go that way and see how much I get. Anyways, that goes. Um, it's never. It's always like that now. And so it's just there's nonstop attention and things to play and what's going on. And that's big stuff, not even talking about the indies that come out every week that we care about and things like that. So, yeah, you need to get away from trying to put it all into June. Yes. But it is exciting, but do is it need to be that way anymore? Yeah. You know like, I, mean? I think June can still be the most exciting month, right? But why can't it, why, like, why can't it be June and December, right? Where now you have the Game Awards and you have the start of the next year and more and more games are coming out in the first half of the year than only the fall. Okay, cool. Let's have December kick off what the first half of the year is going to be. And I, like, again, Jeff Keighley's vision, I think is just more modern where you talk about the, you talk about the, the, you know, smaller third parties or these different indie showcases that and stuff, and stuff happening right before the Game Awards, there was a, uh, a thing called the, the Wholesome Snack uh, showcase where the wholesome games, yeah, yeah, the wholesome games thing where they had a uh, a small stream to showcase some smaller games, like some of the the quote unquote cozy games that we yeah, talk yeah. about uh, before before the game awards, and that's one that I think got lost in the shuffle. I think that could have made maybe been uh, uh, marketed more or like gotten talked up a little, a, a little bit more, but I think that is a really smart way to do it. Hey, we have this bit, we have the game awards happening. Let's get the show. Let's get the wholesome games thing connected to it somehow and lead into that, so that we get more eyes on that. See, I here's my question: though, is like, do you think that was the right move? Because stick with me, mm. and this is not a knocking wholesome games. I follow them on Twitter. They, I just, I downloaded the pizza game they were talking about the other day. Even though it's, it turned, I hit up Janet. I'm like, this is the game. She's like, yeah, but I've been playing it for years. I'm like, all right, it doesn't matter. Uh, I don't know if that was the right move for them because just mm. like you said, it got lost in the shuffle a bit, right? When we did uh, kind of funny game showcase after the game awards, we were a smaller show with a bunch of indies and yada yada yada. But I think we were able to strike because we had such a, a megaphone. We were able to get an audience in. People knew what it was. They actually showed up to watch it. Whereas with Wholesome Games, I think it's so targeted that if you're a Wholesome Game fan, of course, you're going to come care about it. But did the general public or were they so for so ready for um, what's going on with Jeff and Game Awards? And I think a great analog example, and this is not a knock in any, against anybody, is the Spawnies. Where I think that if you were to run the Spawnies in... December, when everybody else is announcing their games of the year, this is happening, try to do it on the same day as a pre-show to Game Awards, I think it would get lost in the shuffle way more. Instead, Khalif did it yesterday, right? And I really feel like had the night to himself. It's all people were talking about in terms of that, right? And he's lucky that, like, you know, no other real giant crazy news broke in the games industry, but you can never predict that. Yeah. I just think giving yourself distance and letting things breathe is a great way to do it. I think at the very least, trying these things out and breaking breaking them up, right, yeah. is better than a wholesome, like, because I know wholesome games does stuff around E3 timing too, yeah. but finding other other places to go and m maybe finding other things to connect yourself with, I think it would have been better if game if during the Game Awards there was a thing that was like, hey, by the way, if you miss the wholesome game uh, direct, oh, sure. that, you know, go oh, catch sure. it on the YouTube channel. Like any, any like small thing like that would help so much. But I feel like then Jeff wants to own it, which exactly. I, is totally his prerogative, don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know. I have no idea on the business side how Jeff does any of that. That'd be awesome mm. if he was plugging stuff in there. But I would imagine then it becomes part of the Jeff Keighley empire, which yeah. I'm not against. You know what I mean? Jeff, 
How much do you think kind of funny is worth? Let me know. <laughs> and that's the thing is, I, I the thing that I like what Jeff is doing is he's creating great competition, mm-hmm. and he I, and he's winning the competition. But I, I, at the very least, right? I think having Jeff on the ESA's ass is going to make the ESA go crap. How do we get creative? Okay, I, at and this vice point, versa. Jeff is on the ESA's fucking throat yeah. right now, oh, just yeah. fucking <laughs> pumping his fists. I don't know. You know but I, mean? I think even having the ESA there. At least, like, trying to figure shit out, right? Like, Ed makes Jeff works hard, work harder, right? If the ESA shut down tomorrow, I think... And not that Jeff is going to be like, all right, cool, I won, I'm done, or anything like that. But I think, you know, that does create the sense of, like, all right, it's calm. Now I can just establish my kingdom and do what I do, yeah. right? I think having some sort of back and forth between Jeff and the ESA and whatever other third party wants to come in and, and uh, try and state claim to video game announcements, I think is, is good for the health of, of all, all of this thing. We will find out, ladies and gentlemen. But for now... Let's talk about the health of Kind of Funny. If you didn't know, you can watch this show ad-free over on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny, where, of course, you can watch all of our podcasts recorded live, like the Gamescast this afternoon, where we're talking about what we want to see out of the future of E3 slash SGF timing. Uh, of course, you could also get a bunch of exclusive content. You could get exclusive shirts. You could have an exclusive great time and be a Patreon producer. But most importantly for right now, you could support us and get the show ad-free. But since you're not there, support us by listening to this sponsor. Shout out to Grammarly for sponsoring this episode. From essays to emails, Grammarly's communication assistants can help you write with confidence. Grammarly is a must-have for every student. Best of all, it's free to download and works on all your favorite devices and apps. A ton of us here at Kind of Funny have been using Grammarly for years, and Joey specifically is a huge fan. She says, and I quote, Grammarly is used with everything. Emails, tweets, even writing our weekly schedule. Sometimes my brain works faster than my fingers and it's nice to have a second set of eyes. The free versions of Grammarly offers comprehensive writing suggestions, a tone detector, and a synonym feature, all to help you proofread your work as you write. So you can be sure it's mistake-free and polished before submitting. Grammarly Premium comes with advanced features like clarity full sentence rewrites, which flag and rephrase hard to read sentences. Premium even comes with plagiarism detection from essays and projects to emails and presentations improve your grades this semester with grammarly you can sign up for an account today at grammarly.com slash kind of funny and get 20 percent off when you're ready to upgrade to grammarly premium that's g-r-a-m-m-a-r-l-y.com slash kind of funny grammarly.com slash kind of funny another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number two on the Roper Report. Sony reportedly halves PSVR 2 shipment forecast. This is James Batchelor at gamesindustry.biz. Uh, that's what GI Biz means to you, right? 
Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Oh, <laughs> no, it's not, not, there's always new websites <laughs> popping up, and I'm like, wait, did, I didn't miss James leaving. Okay. Uh, Sony has reportedly made a dramatic reduction in its projects for PlayStation VR 2 and even warned supply partners that manufacturing may decrease as well. Sources told Bloomberg that the company halved its original forecast for PlayStation VR 2 shipments from 2 million units uh, for the headsets, headsets launch quarter to 1 million. Sony is also said to have told a supply partner to expect reduced orders for the display panels built into the device. The company expects to ship 1.5 million units between April 2022 and March 2023, its next financial year. A Sony spokesperson declined to comment to Bloomberg, saying that the platform holder does not discuss its platform inventory. The reductions have reportedly been made after disappointing pre-orders. In an update to GamesIndustry.biz, Sony commented and said, quote, Place- <coughs> oh, sorry. PlayStation has not cut PlayStation VR 2 production numbers following a report from Bloomberg. The firm told GamesIndustry.biz that it is, quote, seeing enthusiasm from PlayStation fans for the upcoming launch, which includes more than 30 titles, such as Gran Turismo 7, Call of the Mountain, Horizon Call of the Mountain, and Resident Evil Village, end quote. So they're disputing this. They're not, they're saying we didn't have it. Do you believe their dispute? Why would they say it if they didn't say it? Seems like you're going to get caught Because, yeah, because it's bad there. marketing, bad, bad PR, I feel like. Well... That's a different conversation. <laughs> I would argue you already have bad marketing and bad PR for PlayStation VR 2, just not based on what they've been doing. But this speaks to everything we've talked about on uh, this show, of course, but more importantly, because it's a better show and we do it once a week and mm-hmm. you should come watch it. Uh, P.S. I love you XOXO, right? I'm just, man, PlayStation VR 2. I, if you were new to this conversation, I love PlayStation VR 1. I am excited to play Call of the Mountain on PlayStation VR 2. I hope that I'm wrong. I don't ever want to be here being being a dick. I can't see this being successful. Am I wrong? No, I agree one hundred percent. I'm also somebody who really loved PSVR one. I'm also somebody who like I talk a lot about the library of PSVR one, how much I enjoy that library. And for me, the thing with PSVR two, I think there are so many factors that are for me hindering the vision of of this thing being successful. I think part of it does come down to library. I don't know if the VR library right now, the, VR, the PSVR 2 library right now really speaks to me in terms of, oh, this is the thing that I got to get for, how, for the amount of money that they're um, um, charging for this thing, right? For me, it is, okay, Horizon Call of the Mountain sounds dope. I'm going to play that. I'm going to have a good time with that. And then beyond that, beyond yeah. so many of the games that they have announced are games that I've already played, <clears throat> already played on PSVR 1 or I played on other Oculus headsets. Um, there are sprinkles of things here and there that all I can check out, right? Like, I, can, I keep going back to that kayak VR game where I'm like, oh, I'd play that. Sure. Uh, what the bat? What the bat? Yeah. What the bat? Really I think cool. what ba- uh, we we joked about it, but I think what the bat could be like, honestly, the breakout hit of PlayStation VR too. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Horizon Call of the Mountains either going to be fucking awesome or fine, and yeah. so it's like this could be the one of the guys from What the Golf made What the Bat, and that's a good then, yes, bad, bad game. There's also Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, Chapter sure. Two, right? But that, it's also on Quest, already. and it's also on Quest. It's already out and all this stuff. Um. And so, yeah, I think that for me is first and foremost is when this comes, this is with any piece of video game hardware. What does the library look like? What does the software look like? Can the software actually back up the hardware? Because I think whenever you don't have the software there, the hardware sales are going to suffer. Um, so that's my first fear. My second fear is just the fact that right now we are entering slash are in a recession and people do not have as much disposable income to spend on something as niche as VR and something that I think just doesn't have as much promise compared to, all right, I am buying a PS5 piece of hardware i am buying a steam deck like i i can see the use case and i can see the future of uh where this thing is going to go i think with an investment like psvr2 where you don't really have what tim calls the unicorn games there's not a god of war ragnarok of playstation vr2 there's not a spider-man 2 of PSVR2. there's not a system seller yes i mean again 
What I want to call out before we go further, of course, is to remind you, of course, we're talking about PlayStation VR 2 on the heels of this story that Sony refutes, that they aren't yeah. having their numbers and stuff like that. But one of the things when it originally broke, uh, PSVR 2 without parole, they do a whole bunch of uh, PlayStation VR coverage and now PlayStation VR 2 coverage. But they had quote tweeted the original Bloomberg story and said this, no state of play, no showcase, no advertisements. Really, what did they expect? Let's hope for more demand after launch. Even taking away that PlayStation's like, we're not cutting anything. That sums this all up. Oh, yeah. Where is the fucking hype for PlayStation VR 2? Even PlayStation VR 1, and I know it's a dead horse that I've beaten several million times on our content. Even PlayStation VR 1 had the, the, the premise of, hey, everybody, we're doing this. We're launching. It's brand new tech. We're trying it out. It's not going to be the most amazing games to start with, but we're excited about it. You should be excited, too. And we were. It was like, oh, cool, Arkham and this, and that's fun. Yeah, yeah. And now you're just like, we're, a mu- we're less than a month away. We are less than a month away from PlayStation VR 2. And it's like, have they sold you on it? Have they sold, Have they made it go? Like, you need this. You have to have this. Like, oh, my God. Like, no. Tam played it and liked it. He talked on our show about it, right? And mm. he's like, it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. I, I pre-ordered it. I'm, I'm like, we're going to review it. We're gonna, I'm, I'm the PlayStation guy. I'm excited. I want to play a New Horizon game. I want to play What the Bat. But it's like, I am not expecting this to have legs. Mm-hmm. This feels a lot like the launch of the Vita. It feels a lot like the launch of the Move. Not even because those devices, I would definitely make arguments in, in, my, in my critical paper I would give you of like they made giant mistakes in terms of what people wanted from those devices. Uh-huh. And I think that the mistake of PlayStation VR 2 is just that VR has cooled so much. And so you get to this point where it's like, hey, $550 for this. Hey, call the mountain. Yeah. It's like these all yeah that's i'm none of this is exciting none of this makes me go oh my god i have to do this uh, for me the thing i'm looking forward to with psvr2 is the technology of it like i can't i i honestly i'm like i can't wait to put it on and see how good it looks compared to psvr1 and probably compared to uh metaquest and the vr units i've used yeah. I'm, I'm not i've not gotten to use things like the vive and like the actual big pc headsets sure and so i'm sure this will be the highest fidelity vr unit that i'm going to try out so far um but beyond and I, Beyond that, beyond, beyond, I don't know what I'm looking forward to past that. Right. I think for me, that's the struggle with it. And that's the thing, you know, I think it's, I think what's going to bite PlayStation VR 2. And again, I hope I'm wrong. I never am trying to talk down to developers or people putting their heart and soul into something. I expect this PlayStation VR headset to have what I thought PlayStation VR 1 dodged, which was, if you remember me back in the day on our podcast, talking about like three months in, people didn't look at it on their shelf and regret it. They're like, oh, I play something every uh, once a month, every so often. A lot of people play it every day or whatever, but there were plenty of people who invested that were just like, oh, no, I knew what I was getting into, and it's great over there, and I'm, I'm fine with it. I bet three months into PlayStation VR 2, it's going to be like, woof, why did I spend $550 on this? Like, there's no game that is a 10 out of 10. Half-Life Alex still hasn't come, been announced for it. And like, mm-hmm. what is the future of it? What is the future beyond this launch lineup that, again, I think is lackluster, and maybe I'll be proven wrong? We shall see. We shall see. Uh, my dog, Nick96 from Massachusetts, wrote in and said, Hello, KFGD. I'm debating it for a while, but after the P- after PSI Love You XOXO from two weeks ago about the DualSense Edge, uh, where you also went over the launch lineup of the PlayStation VR 2, I pre-ordered a PlayStation VR 2. I've used VR before. I didn't get it at launch, but I did buy a PSVR 1. At the time, I didn't really have the space for it, though. I pre-ordered the PlayStation VR 2 in part because I was half expecting its scarcity on arrival. Hearing of its, quote, disappointing pre-orders, which again, Sony refutes in this article we just read, uh, doesn't make me worry as much. I also pre-ordered it wholeheartedly believing an Astrobot game would be made for it. I know one hasn't been announced, but it's something you imagine will happen. Uh, there's been an Astrobot game for every major platform since the PlayStation 4. Believing in what is purely an assumption, but 
What I would like to... Believing in that is purely assumption. But I would like to ask, how much do you think Sony believes in PlayStation VR 2? How much do other developers and publishers believe in it? Back during the launch of PlayStation VR 1, Shuhei Yoshida said they treated it as if it was the launch of the PS1. Do you think that PSVR 2 is the equivalent jump to what the PlayStation 2 was from the PS1? I'll wait to see how the PlayStation VR 2 turns out, and I hope for the best for it. I hope you have a great day, too. My dog, Nick96. Man, do you think the PSVR 2 is an equivalent jump to what the PS2 was from the PS1? My gut reaction, Mm -hmm. right, is absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But it's worth calling out that I still have not gotten hands-on time with the PlayStation VR 2. It's, it's totally possible that I'm going to put it on, have the eye tracking, have the fidelity, you know, the one cord, the new controllers, and be like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Or, and I, this is revolutionary. Because PS2 compared to PS1 was like, what the fuck, right? I mean, think about, it, even though not a launch lineup a game, GTA 3 versus, you know, G, GTA 2 on the PlayStation 1. Like, that was an incredible leap. I don't think we're getting that here. And if we are, it definitely hasn't been marketed enough that you are. And the fact that Sony's not talking about it in that way makes me think they also don't believe in it that way. Mm-hmm. Do I think PlayStation believes in PlayStation VR 2? No. I don't think they want it to fail. I don't think that uh, they think it's bad tech. I think it's just a product of, we've been working on this behind the scenes and it's finally ready and the world has kind of moved into a different place. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a problem for them. Do I think developers and publishers believe in it? No. I think that when you look at the VR lineup of games being made, there's a reason Oculus is buying studios to make Oculus games. Like, it's because look at the other developers you know and love from uh, VR space, and are they still making VR games? Yes, a lot are, but not... I should say a lot are. Yes, some are, but a lot aren't. A lot have moved on, right? Who is it we just had through... I'm blanking on it. I had somebody on that developer I was giving a lot of shit for that used to make VR games and now is moving off to not do VR. Oh, Squanch. Squanch. Okay, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When they when they were through for high on life, I was giving them shit about that. Like, that's not a different story. It's awesome to see stuff like, okay, what the bat's going to be on PlayStation VR and we love what the golf, so that makes sense. It's awesome to see Supermassive, you know, okay, cool. We liked uh, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood. Yeah. Now we're going to bring Dark Pictures Anthology and do something there, even though that's been delayed out of the launch window. Like, there are people out there making it, but I don't think there's money in it, and I don't think you're going to see a lot of developers continue unless they are bought up or brought in like a second-party studio for a PlayStation or an Oculus or whatever, given money to specifically make a VR game. Yeah. I, I, go, I always go back to when we were talking about this, I want to say it was a couple years ago now, where you made the prediction that PSVR 2 just wouldn't come out, yeah. just based on how the ecosystem has changed, how the, how the market has changed, where VR has gone, right? Does PlayStation still have it in them? For what we know about PlayStation as a company, how they like to put... They like to put focus on the things that give them the most success, right? Hey, let's focus on big IP. Let's focus on God of War, Horizon, all this stuff, right? Get rid of the Vita. Not, let's not do handheld. Let's focus in and really sell this console. For what we know about PlayStation right now, VR seems like such a weird thing. It's, it feels like such a weird fit to their overall um, uh, ecosystem. Strategy. and their Yeah, their overall strategy. Um, and... I think it is the thing of over time. Like hardware makes a long, takes a long time to make. Hardware is also very expensive to make and develop. I think over time you get far enough to where it is. All right, like we're here. We got to commit to this. We spent this much money on this thing. We got to go all the way in. Even if you get to the finish line and go, ah, shit. Everybody's changed. The world has changed. There's a recession. There's all these things going on that are going to hamper the sales of this thing. And if I'm, if you know. If I'm being honest, I think that's what happened. Yeah, you know, my somebody said, Greg, you, you, I think it came out just at the time you said it, that I predicted it wouldn't happen. If, remember, it was a, 
I don't want this to be true prediction, and I could be, I, but I could see it happening. That was the prediction. It wasn't like I was like 100. It's not happening. I was like, I could see them backing out of this. And I think, yeah, to your point, they got to the point that the the co- it was a sunk this cost. point of no return. It was a sunk cost. So we have to go through and finish this and get it out. And again, to the tweet from PSVR2 without parole, to the lack of hype we're seeing for it, I think you're seeing that where it is like. We're going to put this thing out and we're going to take a bath on it. Like it's going to be bought up by people who love PlayStation VR. Uh, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to have this humongous, awesome launch. And I think it, which reminds me a lot of the Vita. And I think that will then make sure that there isn't a support coming yeah. for it in however many months. I'm years. Still, I, I know I, t- I said this a few weeks ago on, PS, on um, PS Love UXOXO that I do not think. I did not think that there was going to be a state of play for this thing. And now that we're here, I am shocked that there's not a state of play for this thing. Yeah. Right? Like, we are a few weeks away from PSVR 2 coming out. And on one hand, like, I can kind of understand not having a showcase. Not even a state of play is wild to me. We will see, ladies and gentlemen. Again, PlayStation VR 2 is immediately on the horizon. (laughs) We will see what happens. And again, I hope I put it on. I hope I play Horizon. I hope I come back. And I'm like, yo, everybody buy this if you're a PlayStation fan. Like, Mm -hmm. this is how good it is. But... We will wait and see. What I do know is that Dead Space is quite good. Number three on the uh, the Roper Report, Motive wants to do more with Dead Space. This is Sam White at GQ. GQ spoke to Phil uh, Ducharm, uh, senior producer, and Roman Campos Oriola, uh, a creative director from Studio EA Motive, the makers of Dead Space. In the interview, uh, GQ asks, EA basically left the series to do nothing for 10 years. Do you have ideas for what you could do with it next? Uh, Phil responds quote for sure it's it's a hope that we have there's interest on my side and i think roman's side you can see a smile in exploring dead space more there are ide- there are ideas that's for sure we're finishing this week we're going to be making sure that the launch goes well and that there are f- as few technical issues as possible we're going to be heading out on vacation and then we'll sit down and have those discussions with nea to say well what's next that's really exciting very exciting what do you want next I mean, I'm not the person to say, just because I'm not a Dead Space person. I'm not yeah. played through the, the remake yet. Yeah. Um, as somebody who's not played through Dead Space, I don't know what the what the reception is on Dead Space 2, but if that's another one that's in that beloved category, I would like to see them remake that as well so I can go back and play both of them. It's a bit polarizing. Yeah. It's not De- Dead Space 3, pff, nobody liked. Mm-hmm. De- Dead Space 2 was polarizing because it became more of an action game. It became, you know, Dead Space 1 is very much survival horror. Dead Space 2 became action horror. Mm-hmm. And some and people didn't like that as much. I liked it a lot because I, I liked the feeling of it. I feel like Dead Space, the remake, feels a lot like it. Not 100%, but a lot like it. So I feel like they've got a good head on their shoulders for just, if they could bring that over and do Dead Space. But honestly, personally, I'd rather see them start doing something new. I would like to see... Like a reboot or... Yeah. I mean, it was weird that they were very much like with Dead Space remake. That Oh, man, we changed a few things here and there to make it fit better with the continuity of Dead Space 2 and 3. So it's like, oh, okay. So you're already not, you're trying to make this fit with those, so... Dead, if they were to jump to Dead Space 4, they'd be like, well, I gotta go play 3. Well, I gotta watch yeah. an in 5 minutes video. So I, I'd rather see them just make their own Dead Space 2, Dead Space colon, whatever, take somewhere else, you know, whatever. That's my personal opinion. I think that'd be, be the smart way to do it, right? And start to build Dead Space as a franchise again. Yeah. You know, like start to build ideas. And if you wanted to, right? Like, if you could do a Dead Space colon something, right? Dead Space colon Deader Space and have oh, it be the start of a do that. Dead do Space that. colon two dead two two dead two space i like that i like that look at that creativity over there if you can make that i think i made the same joke like five five episodes ago if you can make dead space colon 
Jupiter, okay, <laughs> and yeah, then okay, dead space, co- dead space colon Mars, and just go through and just make a whole a whole new franchise that is taking everything that people Someone, love about dead space. I forget who it was. I apologize. Some mutual on Twitter or somebody who got retweeted by a mutual on Twitter had a fun idea of like. I don't think spoilers for Dead Space, but spoilers, I guess, for Dead Space on how, like, what, what's going on with Necromorphs. You don't want to know what's going on, why that's happening. Okay, cool. We're done. It could be cool that if, like, a piece of the marker got to Earth. And so suddenly it was, like, it's not Isaac's story. It is, like, you're trapped in, an, in, in a research facility off this building and it starts going on Earth. Like, kind of give us an offshoot that can pay homage to the original Dead Space and what the storyline is mm. for Dead Space two, 1, 2, and 3, but has something going on over here. Like, happens afterwards. It's on Earth. Yeah. Call it After Earth. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Number after four Earth. on the Roper Report. The Last of Us ratings grow again for the third episode. This is Rick Porter at The Hollywood Reporter. Sunday's installment of The Last of Us brought in 6.4 million cross-platform viewers, up from 5.7 million the previous week and 4.7 million for its January 15th premiere. The uptick on Sunday came despite the episode debuting at the same time as the hugely watched AFC Championship game on CBS. HBO also says that four of its current series, including The Last of Us, have averaged more than 15 million viewers for their most recent seasons. The drama joins season one of House of Dragon, 29 million uh, viewers, and the most recent seasons of Euphoria, 19.5 million, and White Lotus, 15.5, in averaging above 15 million viewers per episode over the course of their runs. The first time HBO has had uh, that many shows across all genres drawing audiences of that size. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. I think having episode three be what episode three is yeah. is such a good move to have an episode. And I, I know they don't go in the studio and go like, "All right, let's make our best episode one of the first three episodes." But like it happening to turn out that way, I think is so good for the show because like I, I can't imagine people getting to episode three and being and, and having drop off. That is such a good first three episodes of this show, and I think real. I assume we're only going to see this grow from here in terms of numbers and people people tuning in. 100%. Yeah, I think it's obviously as we all, all of us refuse to shut up about how great this show is. Yeah. And the fact that, yeah, it's starting to resonate with the normies out there, right, that are, have never played the game. And so they don't even know what the fuck they're signing up for. Like, I think, yeah, the yeah. number's going to keep going and what a runaway juggernaut and I was, congratulations I, to all them. I was texting a friend who I think we put, we put in the normie category. Like, they play games sometimes, but they're not, like, they hadn't played The Last of Us. Yeah. And... They had started watching the show a couple days ago, and they finished the first episode, and they're like, eh, I don't know how I'm really feeling about it. Like, it feels derivative off of other zombie stuff. And I was like, cool, I respect the take. Like, hey, if you can make it to episode three, make it to episode three. And then they got to episode two, and they were like, okay, yeah, no, I'm starting, I'm starting to dig this more. Like, I like this, this, the stealth stuff. I thought the clicker looked weird. But all, and, you know, they were giving me their impressions, but they liked it a little bit more. And I was like, dude... Just make it to episode three, and they haven't they haven't seen episode three, but it was, it was a thing where they were telling me that um hey like this does make me want to play the game though like I want to check out the game if the game's like this this seems really cool and part of me is like oh man if they watch episode three and then play the game I could see them being so upset <laughs> when they get to that part of the game and it's a completely different thing that I the the, the way Billstown is tackled in the show I think this is what much better than how they do it in the game oh, 100%. I can see that being such a letdown for them sure and I, that that's a thought that I that I that I wasn't considering when it came to the TV show of like what if, what if, what if the TV show has significantly better portions <laughs> that are in that are in the game right how does that affect people going back interesting it w- and I, you, we've got to see reports on that soon enough. Is obviously the numbers have spiked so crazily yeah. for the game. Uh, number five, Ubisoft reveals the Crew Motorfest. This is Luke Riley at IGN. Ubisoft 
has announced the third installment of the Crew series, and it's arriving this year. Developed by series custodians Ivory Tower, the Crew Motorfest is based around what the studio describes as a one-of-a-kind festival. Uh, of all things fast, and is set on, I'm sorry, a one-of-a-kind festival of all things fast, and is set on the island of o- Oahu? Uh, Hawaii. This makes the Crew Motorfest uh, the first in the franchise to leave the continental United States, as both uh, the previous games featured scaled-down versions of the U.S. that stretched from New York to San Francisco. The, crew's, the Crew Motorfest's riff on Oahu uh, is promising a wide set of racing environments, including the dense city streets of Honolulu, deep rainforests, twisting mountain roads, volcanic slopes, and idyllic beaches. Uh, the Crew Motorfest is planned to launch this year on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, S1, and PC. It'll also be accessible with a Ubisoft Plus subscription on PC and Amazon Luna. I, they should have just called this the Crew Horizon. Because it is such a one-for-one of what Forza Horizon is. Yeah. And honestly, I respect the shift because I I don't know that many people that talked about the the Crew series. I know the Crew fans are out there, but I feel like the time for the Crew is probably passed by now. And so to look at what's working in in the racing game space currently and seeing that Forza Horizon is probably the most successful um, racing game right now and going, what if we just made that? That's a respectable and, like, you know, probably a good move for the crew. Um, I watched that trailer and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'd am i want to check this out. Like, I'd want to check out a demo or at least, like, boot it up to see what it is. And yeah. if it sticks, it sticks. You jokingly asked me, like, before the show, like, oh, Barry, you're going to check out the crew Motorfest? And I was like, yeah, probably not because it's the crew who fucking cares. But I didn't know it was going to be on Oahu. Like, that's fucking oh, yeah. cool. Like, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll cool location, too. Yeah, that's yeah, the other man. thing. You know, I thought always the, the idea that the crew was this co- cross-country um, racing game always struck me as interesting and always made me want to check it out lightly. But I never, I never, it never appealed to me enough to where I made the full, the full send into actually playing the game. Oahu is a really cool location, right? Hey, let's take place on an island in Hawaii and just go from there. And I think, you know, them talking about the different environments, them talking about the the uh, uh, volcanoes and all these things. I think the the latest Forza had a volcano, if I remember. Kind of funny yes. about comps that you're wrong. But it was like an inactive volcano. Is the yeah. is the Oahu volcano active? Uh, some We're all going to die! Some are <laughs> you got to outrace the lava. You would have to ask Alyssa. She knows more. Now, Casino Ball in chat says, Test Drive was on Oahu 2, Ubisoft. Uh, I believe the people that worked on Test Drive is actually, are actually working on this crew game. Um, okay. that, was part of, that was part of the article that I actually um, uh, cut out for time. But yeah, like it is similar DNA um, to that Test Drive game, if, if that is your thing. Apparently, there's no volcano on Oahu. That's interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Uh, it took some liberties number six on the roper report mlb the show hits game pass once again this is george yang at ign.com sony san diego revealed that the miami marlins jazz uh Chrisholm uh, Jr. is the cover athlete for the MLB The Show 23. The studio also announced that the game will launch on March 28th, 2023 for PlayStation 5, PS4, Xbox Series X, One, and Nintendo Switch. Of course, this is not the cover athlete. This is one of the Bash Brothers, Barrett. Uh, MLB The Show 23 was also uh, heading to Xbox Game Pass on its release date. And pre-orders for the game start on February 6th. It features full cross-platform, cross-progression, and cross-save functionality so your card inventory can be carried between all console platforms. Platforms. The exception to this is that our PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X slash S exclusive features such as Stadium Creator. Is it interesting to you that, once again, it's coming to Game Pass, but it's not on PS Plus? Now that we've had the first MLB The Show since the revamped PS Plus, they have the PS Plus, play, play, PlayStation Plus Extra yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, thing that now has free games and it's not there. 
Is that weird? Mo- from what I understand, uh, most Xbox Game Pass deals have a deal of like you can't also be on another mm. free thing. I think most PlayStation Plus deals have that too. That's so I'm sure PlayStation like, will give us the fucking money. Xbox, <laughs> we'll make these people buy it for seventy bucks, and if they play it over there, we get it. We get money from you, so that's great for us. And final story on this report number seven: Marvel Snap's PvP battle mode finally goes live right now. It's live. Travis Northup at IGN writes: It seems you'll finally be able to shout one v one me, bro, and developer second dinner superhero themed mobile card game Marvel Snap, the popular licensed collectible card game, which won best mobile game at the Game Awards, will finally be getting one of its most requested features since launching in October of last year: the ability to challenge your friends directly. The so-called battle mode will be available tomorrow, but that's actually today. The patch is already up. "Quote: Battle mode pits two opponents against each other through multiple rounds. Each player starts with ten health." A blog post said. Instead of cubes, what's at stake is the amount of damage the winner will deal to the loser. You, uh, if you can deplete your opponent's health to zero, you win. I'm excited for this, but then also terrified because mm-hmm. you know, like Tim never stopped playing. Like Tim mm-hmm. never stopped playing, so it's like I'm excited to play Tim, but he's gonna beat the shit out of me in two seconds. I, I I've been waiting for this. I played a, a quite a bit of Marvel Snap for like the first uh, few weeks of, of that game being out, but yeah. then like after a while, I just went on to other things, sure. and I've been looking forward to actual PV to you know the uh, friend matches, one v one matches. Yeah, um, I'll love. Love, love. If I like, after only two weeks of playing, hit up Tim, being like, "Yo, one v one, me, bro," ass. and I just fucking destroy him, kill him, because he's a fucking phony. It's funny, yeah. Bring like, me well, some I'm, I'm, I'm collection level three thousand. I get out of here. Like, you, get out of here. Clown shoes. Let me let me show you my Iron Man. For me, that's just like, and I, I I I played a lot of Snap. I continue to chime in, but I I was so excited. It's always for me. It really ha- hangs on the new season. And so when they were like Savage Land, I was like, nah, fuck, I'm, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to play a lot because I don't want to collect any of that shit. You know what I mean? But I'm collection level 1,131 right wow. now. So that's pretty good. Tim wow. again, 2,000 already, whatever. I'm excited for this and see what that is. But even though, again, I'll just get clowned out all the time. Fair enough. Blessing. Greg. I can't wait to see what the next season theme is for Marvel Snap. But those days are still so far away. But if I want to see more, Mom, grab shops, where I go? You would go toward the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition on Xbox Series X. Inclunati. Inclunati. Xboxes all around, Switch and PC. Season, a letter to the future, placed all the PlayStations, PC. Of course, you can check out Blessings Review on TikTok.com slash at Kind of Funny Games. SpongeBob SquarePants, the cosmic shape, shake, is on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Of course, you can check out Barrett's Review on TikTok.com slash at Kind of Funny Games. It's also on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games is a short. Uh, we are here forever on all the PlayStations, all the Xboxes. Superfuse Early Access is on PC. Second Front is on PC. Valiant Hearts 2 is on mobile, fuck yeah. Straylight is on PlayStation 4 and MetaQuest. Uh, Raiden 4 Cross Mikadu uh, Remix is on PC. And 8-Bit Adventures 2 is on PC. New dates for you. Loop 8 Summer of Gods has been delayed to June 1st for consoles and June 6th for PC. We ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames to write in to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong to tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and listening on podcast services around the globe. Bander SN says, Jeff Keeley is 44 years old. He's, so he is older than Greg. So there you go. Old man Keeley. You know what I mean? I'll inherit the throne one day. Nano writes in and says, Hawaii's main island has four active volcanoes. Okay. There you go. 
And he says that is that Oahu or is that or not thinking, Oahu? Uh, big island. He says the main island has four active volcanoes. Maui has one active volcano, totaling five active volcanoes across, across all, all the islands. islands. And then Nano says, uh, "Miss New Date Power Wash Sim is getting a Final Fantasy VII crossover DLC." What's fucking fascinating about that Nano is somebody who watches this show like a fucking hawk. You write in to say you're wrong. It's a Miss New Date. Power Wash Sim is getting Final Fantasy crossover DLC. What's the date? You said Miss New Date, and then you wrote in with information without a date. And if you're going to say, oh, well, they haven't announced a date, then you probably have noticed. We don't put in a new date until you give us a date. Nano, I need you to take off your shirt, take off your belt, and give yourself one slash on the back. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That's how I was raised when what I did a, something wrong. What a punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, it's soon to all platforms. That's not a date! It's soon to all platforms! I did see this. I did not include it because High it did five. not have so a You understand date. the rules. That's why you're here, Nano shirtless at home. <laughs> With a lash on his back, apparently. <laughs> Goddamn. Hey, man, you go to Catholic school, that's what they do to you. All right? I was there. I'm going to need more information about the school. We will talk about that <laughs> off We're going to have to report the school. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, your hosts are going to be Blessing and me. Thursday, Blessing and Tim. Friday, Tim and Blessing. Mano says, forgive me, Father Greggy, for I have sinned. It's too late. All right? That didn't work with Sister Judy. It's not going to work with you. Oh, Sister Judy. <laughs> Why? Actually, for the record, I won't besmirch Sister Judy's uh, name. She was actually pretty dope. Wait, was she, Sister Judy a real name? <laughs> she, had, she had a little puppet. She had a little cat puppet. Like she, Sister Judy was like... Your dope gym teacher through like the fourth or fifth grade. Then you got Mr. DeLeo and go, oh, God, I did not like Mr. DeLeo. He oh, did man. not have a puppet. Man. And he did not give a shit about any of your excuses why he didn't want to run. The second grade, I had a te- teacher named Mr. Lash. Yeah. Great man. Yeah. Great man. Yeah, I loved him. Okay. He's awesome. Great. <laughs> it's similar to how in high school, I had a teacher named Mr. Craver. He taught honors English. And I was in honors English because I'm fucking smart as hell, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I hated applying myself and I didn't do the reading ever. So then he, he got really mad at me all the time. He, one time I was drawing on my piece of paper and he balled it up and he threw it across the room all angrily. And so then he's the reason I didn't go to honors English the next time around, the next year, whatever, sophomore, junior year, I guess junior year. But then I got, had him for some computer class and we were friends there. Because mm-hmm. there, I, I love computers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply myself here. Taught us about Google. That's how old I am. Wow. He's the first <laughs> <Holy> shit. <laughs> God he was damn. the first landing to like also there's How a, old are you? <laughs> he's like he's he was literally like, you all gotta stop using Ask Jeeves or whatever. There's this new thing called Google and you should do it. Wow. God, he's so fucking wow. old. Wow. <laughs> I'm not as old as Jeff Keighley, though. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. We will be back tomorrow as we are each and every weekday on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Of course, you can listen to us later on podcast services around the globe or watch on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. But no matter where you get the show, please consider going to patreon.com slash kindoffunny where you can support us, get the shows ad-free, or keep the lights on, keep the mics on, get a shirt, get dozens and dozens of episodes of bonus content uh if you're watching live right now i encourage you to stay on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games or click on the other youtube.com slash kind of funny games link because the one the only andy and nick are going to be playing marvel's midnight suns and having a blast over there uh of course if you want to watch that later you can watch it on youtube.com slash kind of funny games later for now until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you